Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the best Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by James West and Sam Renshin. Fellas, I'm really excited to welcome in friend of the show, Nick Durbin. He's a good buddy of ours and an engineer in Louisville, Kentucky. Durbin, how are you, my friend? Fantastic. Good to be on the show, finally. And so the reason for Nick's appearance today on Stuck in Misery is Saturday marks the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs. And before we get really into the conversation, first of all, Nick, Daniel Secton says to say hello. And also, before we get into how unprecedented this year's Derby is, you moved to Louisville in 2016. At what point did you realize how big of a deal the Kentucky Derby was? It definitely became apparent rather quickly because you always hear about Kentucky Derby when you live out of states. Everyone hears about it, even if you don't follow sports. When I moved here, it's really a holiday season. Like, school shut down prior to Derby. My work made sure off the entire week. It was everything. There's giant fireworks display. It's just a way of life around here. A lot more than just a two-minute race. Nick, one of the first things you told me is that the size of Louisville essentially doubles. <laughs> I know at your previous job, you closed down for an entire week. You got races typically that will run Thursday, Friday, you've got the Oaks, and then Saturday, it's not just the main event. You have several races as well. What I want to know, though, is what's the sentiment in Louisville around this year's Derby being the fact that the race is going to be run, but there aren't going to be fans at Churchill Downs. Well, it's monumentous, honestly. I mean, there's never been a race canceled in the entire history. And I think there's only been one postponed, which was World War II, which, good excuse. But even that was only delayed one month, two month tops. And this is the only one since then. Yeah, back in 1945, it's just, it's, it's really unprecedented. Sam, looks like you have something on your mind. Go ahead and hop in. No, I'm just, you know, I'm good enough from you to hear just thinking about my experiences at the Derby. I mean, I think we, I first went in 2017, the second year that you were there, Durbin, and then 2018, we got an even bigger group to go. And I'm just thinking that, like, I, I compare it to, you know, a spectacle. It's, it's, it's like a ta- tailgate on steroids. Like, every single house around Churchill Downs, they're barbecuing, they're selling food, they're selling souvenirs, they're blasting music. I mean, there's like rickshaws around, you know, guys asking <laughs> for rides and whatnot. Everyone's in a great mood, you know, there to see the horses and have a good time. It's not just about the races. It's about everything way bigger than that. And yeah, just the fact that, you know, everyone in the town just, that's their, they circle that, that date on their calendar every single year. My first thing is when I went there, you know, I always think it's like an upper class, only the, the, the people, you know, it's hard to get in, whatever, but there's all walks of life that attend this event. Yes. Like we, we were in the infield both years. And I guess we were in the second year we were able to get into the grandstands. But I mean, you got people of all walks of life. You got the diehard horse racing, jort wearing, cutoff t-shirt people. You got your college kids. <laughs> you got like your, uh, you know, you got us just there, you know, dressed, dressed the nines, looking, guy, looking beautiful. And then you got, you know, your millionaire club. And it's just, oh, it's such a great event in sports. I'm so glad I've been able to go to it two years, especially with a great, you know, group of friends and having you down there was great. 
Listen, the rickshaw idea, that might be a, an idea to get James finally to come visit Churchill Downs and see, see the festivities <laughs> for himself because he's the only one in this conversation that has not been to the Kentucky Derby. Durbin, you started hosting us in 2016 when yep, you moved you're the there, first one. I've been three times now. And it's just one of those events that one day you'll tell your kids about because, again, this year will be 146 years. Mm-hmm. You're not just talking years. You're not talking decades. You're talking about generations of history. Completely. And then rain or shine, no matter what, it's, it's happening. You just got to embrace the mayhem and love every bit of it. Embrace the mayhem's right. You, I mean, there, it always seems like it rains, like no matter what. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's it rains. <laughs> Yeah. It kind of depends on the approach that you take. It's like, okay, do I not want to ruin my linens and my, my you know, dress to the nines, my, my gator skin shoes, or it's just like, hey, you can just go in head first and just embrace it, baby. Yep. I think dress that, to the nine and accept your fate. That goes out the wit, you know, all that goes away, like right when you, when you get there and you're like, you kind of make decision, do I want to have fun today or just lay back and try to not get wet? <laughs> I remember we were all walking down the tunnel that goes under the tracks and it's pouring down rain. And when we get there, we're, we're walking through, we're like, oh man, there's like a foot of like water down there. And that's when you make your decision. Do you either keep going and have a great time or you play back and, you know, kind of wait. And we're just like, you know, what, screw it, pounding through the water. And sure enough, we're in the infield and uh, I mean, had a great day, man. Had a great day. When I've traveled to the Derby, I'll fly into Louisville. And I've talked to people who have gone to the Derby for years. I guess back in the day, you could actually have a real tailgate and camp out in the infield. I, just a different time. How, I mean, because the infield, for anyone who's not gone to the Derby, the vast majority of the people there are actually inside of the track and are not actually sitting in the stands. The people who are sitting in the stands or more your high rollers, the people who are willing to pay to get a better seat of the action and of the overall track at Churchill Downs. But I, I can't even imagine what would happen decades ago and everything that goes on because the infield is really where all the debauchery, where all the younger people are. But even just to get to experience that firsthand and just to see all the pageantry in the history Fellas, you can't see this, but the but the hair on my arm sticking up just thinking <laughs> about it. And uh, it's something that we won't have this year, certainly understandably so as well. Yeah, I mean, I think just Churchill Downs, that's just, you know, a legendary venue. I can, oh, I can still picture when I was walking up, like through the, the neighborhoods, because it is in a neighborhood. And you're like, where are we going? You know, because you have to get dropped off so far away. You probably walked like a half mile just to like get to the the entrance and then you see it boom churchill downs there it is the big horse statue in front and uh goosebumps and then we walk in and we see all these horses line up getting ready for the race and man they are jacked i mean it's just awesome <laughs> you know it, it makes like these jockeys look so small which they are really small guys it's just insane like just seeing it up close like how small the jockeys are compared to these horses Derbs, you remember that first year we went in 2016? It was me, you, and my ex. And we had absolutely no idea what we were doing in terms of wagering strategy, where to go, what to do. I think we were smart enough to get a mint julep. But that first year, mm-hmm. I remember it being really, really hot. And then, you know, you start to develop a strategy of what things you like to do, what, what you like to wager on. There are so many different combinations of bets and everything, too. I just remember that first year that we were there, we were just clueless and we were just kind of taking in the spectacle. I missed 2017, which Sam was the first year you went, 
But then in 2018, the fact that we all got to see Justify win a triple crown winner. And the way that I think about that is this, is 2015 when American Pharaoh won, it was the first triple crown winner in 30 or 40 years. And then just a few years later, we get Justify to win the triple crown and just how historic that is in the sense that you'll be able to tell people until the day that you die that you saw a triple crown winner and just how neat that opportunity was. It's something I'll always remember. Absolutely. I mean, there was just so much buzz around Justify. It's like, we're just, just out of college. We don't know much about horses, but that day we were experts at horses because we had Justify. <laughs> like, it's just well, like, you know, someone's going around asking you like, oh, who you got? I'm like, oh, you better bet on Justify, you know? And I probably had a list of a few other guys too. Just <laughs> Well, Sam, two things with that. Number one, it was Bob Baffert's horse, but then number two, Justify essentially paid for my trip that weekend when all of our buddies were there and we're down there. And Nick, I, I got to say hats off to you for being able to host all of us because, you know, you are cramming just about as many people as you could into your, in your <laughs> one bedroom apartment. Yeah, we had every bit of uh, 18 people there that year. We had not a single spot left of uh, floor space. Yeah, I slept at sli- outside at one point. Uh, it, was, it was quite the weekend. <laughs> I did it just to despite a lot of you guys. But. Oh, 100%. <laughs> well, I just remember after 2018, we're getting back and we've been out all day, start the morning mimosas and food and bacon and bourbon and mint juleps. And we get back and some of us had eaten and everything. And it's just like, you know, it's been a long day. I think I'm going to call it. And I remember two of our other buddies insisted that we go out. So it's like, all right, go out for a drink or two. I don't get to see you guys all that often. And one thing leads to another. We're out on Baxter Avenue. Nick, I know you love always taking us to uh, O'Shea's. Mm-hmm. And then that karaoke bar, I believe it's Highlands Tap Room. Yes. On mm-hmm. Baxter Avenue. And we're talking with one of the bartenders and asking, what time do you close? Because we don't want to be rude. You know, we've had a full day and everything. And I just remember the bartender telling us there's no curfew on Derby weekend in the city of Louisville. And, you know, this is at five or six in the morning at this point. And it's like, well, if there are enough people here, we'll just stay and set up for brunch. If not, maybe we'll close down and then set up for brunch. Uh, And I think it was at that point, it was like, all right, we need to go home. But I just, you know, the camaraderie that you have to be able to see a lot of people you haven't seen in a long time, it's just, it's such a unique tradition for many families, many friends. I think about it, my heart goes out to the people whose livelihood depends on this year in and year out where they do a good bit of business related to the Kentucky Derby. And so, okay, maybe it's not Churchill Downs, the institution itself that takes a hit, but maybe it's your person serving you mint juleps or the person at the betting stand that you always go to year in and year out. And those traditions and relationships certainly are going to be missed this year. Definitely, Mark. So kind of brings me to one of my questions for the three of you guys. And from your multiple years of each going to the Derby, for each of you, what is the most memorable moment, you know, outside of seeing Justified Win, the most memorable moment or most absurd bet or just hilarious moment that you got to be a part of or witness at the Derby? Justify is certainly memorable because when that happened again, I remember walking into Churchill Downs that day and Sam, you had gone with our group of buddies to visit Durban year before and I remember walking into Churchill Downs placing my bet on Justify to win the race 
sitting back, relaxing, drinking mint juleps. I didn't make any other bets that day. And I remember our our buddy Geist, Bergen, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. You have absolutely no clue. And of our group that year, I was only one of a handful that walked out with a fistful of cash and how exciting that was. We didn't know Justify was going to win the triple crown at that point. But I remember that and just getting to experience it for the first time in 2016. But then last year, Nick, when you hosted me and Cam, when he came to Louisville from Nashville, just getting to share those experiences with people you haven't seen every year. I I tell you what, that Saturday morning, James, every year where it's almost like the calm before the storm, it's like, the greatest tailgate you've ever been to like Christmas combined with, combined with yeah. the formal mm-hmm. wear that you would wear to a wedding. <laughs> that is what the Kentucky Derby is like in that morning of catching up with people you, you love that you haven't seen for so long, dressed in your absolute finest, having a mimosa, having some bourbon, eating some brunch food, whether that's eggs or bacon or just everything that's there. You have everything that you could want and need in the people that you're around that you love. That's what I love about the Kentucky Derby year in and year out. Yeah. So Mark loves bacon and eggs. That's what I took away from, <laughs> exactly. from, from his like five minute rant. Sammy, exactly. what about you? Mark, I will say that I, I won money that year too. Not, not as much because I was betting on every race, but I will say I had justify and I, parlayed it with the winner of the Oaks. So I did walk away with some money, but I'm going to tell a story about just some of the debauchery that happens in the infield. Here we go. Buckle up. It's not going to do it justice at all because it's like one of those, I had to be there moments, but when I'm going to, I'm going to say like uh, the story and those people who are involved, um, Geist, Will, Keith, Durbin, they're all going to know exactly what story I'm going to say. And it had to do with like this towel and just picture like a, a big, like infield, where there's people everywhere posting up for their spots, right? And a lot of people claim their spots with like their chairs, their towels, or like everything. And you kind of like, <laughs> we had a big group. We probably have like eight or nine people there. And we're trying to like wandering around, around the infield. And sure enough, we see this random towel. Like we're trying to figure out where we should post up. Like this is like later in the day. We're trying to find a group. And so we find this like random abandoned towel. And I mean, it is just drenched with mud. Like there's all kinds of just like uh, um, footprints in it and whatnot. And so we just gather around this towel and kind of like spread out. So we kind of have enough room for everybody. And so then um, people are trying to like, you know, maneuver through us and whatnot. And like they had to step on the towel to maneuver through us (laughs) and just picture this towel. Just, just, it was a, it was white originally, but then it just completely brow with mud. And every time they would step on the, on the towel, we would just be going nuts. Like, Hey, that's my grandma's towel. Like, don't step on it. Don't step on it. You know, and then sure enough, like the neighbors, like they were like, how to get to know their friends. They started picking up on what we were doing too. And they're like, Hey, hey can't you see the towel there? You know? And sure enough, like we were just loving it. I mean, loving it. And so then we, we did that throughout the whole day. Cause that's where our spot was. <laughs> we had no idea whose towel it was. But it's just like, dude, that just goes to show you just some of the fun that you had that happens in the infield. And, you know, by the end of the day, everyone's hammered. They're having a good time and, you know, quite a few mint juleps deep. So, I mean, this is another fun experience. It had nothing to do with racing, but just being there with your buddies and having a good time. 
So I've definitely donated probably a little more than I've won at the Derby. <laughs> <laughs> That's unlike you, Nick. Nick is it one is. of the luckiest gamblers I know. That's unlike you. That's true. He wins everything. I think I'm bearing the odds. I'm not. <laughs> Found that out the hard way a couple times, but <laughs> gonna change it this year. Tis the law all the way. But probably the best time is just really is being for boys out of the track, drinking, and just betting on the horses. Having a little bit of money on the line makes it a lot more exciting. Just cheering on the horses, seeing them at the initial paddock, setting up, and then watching the whole thing, horses fly by. It's just a magic experience. It's the fastest two minutes in sports. And, and Durbs, I got to ask you this too. Can you just explain to people who might not know just the importance of the Oaks on Friday as well? Because again, the main event on Saturday is one of several races throughout the whole weekend, but just everything that goes into it with all the different events. I was just hoping you'd explain what the Oaks is like on that Friday. Yeah, so Derby is definitely all for out-of-town people. It's very touristy, has, what, I think 150,000. And then Oaks is the day before, and that's more of like the locals where they gather, about 100,000. And it's all just the female horses. Everyone wears pink. It's a much more subdued experience if you just want like pure horse racing unless the party atmosphere. Yeah, I think I was able to, I was able to go both back-to-back years. And Derby is like all the party, but like the Oaks really was awesome because it's not as crowded. You're able to kind of see the place more without all the, you know, tourists and fans. And we were actually able to get into the grandstands like up above during the Oaks because not as many people were there, not as many tickets were sold. So it's more like the authentic experience. And I would highly recommend like going to both just so you – kind of compare and see what it's like when without like all of the spectacle and events surrounding just the derby yeah definitely good to see that dichotomy of a this is true racing versus the ambiance experience the roaring crowds it's good to have both sides yeah it's just crazy to think that this year 160,000 plus people who normally pile into Churchill Downs it'll just be a different experience but I understand from if you live in Louisville, it's just going to be another weekend at the track, you know, because the Kentucky Derby happens one Saturday every single year. Uh, it's, it's just going to be like another weekend at the Derby, but we'll be televised. NBC will have its coverage on Saturday, a five-hour broadcast that'll go from early afternoon into the evening. Nick, I've got to ask you, is there a horse that you like in this year's race? So Tis the Law is the favorite by a healthy margin, so... I think I'm going to bet with the favorites and uh, place my hand in the ring that way. I think there's also, uh, I think the other one, it's, I believe it's Honor AP. So that's like the second runner up. So I'll probably put him as a wild card, a little more risky bets. Yeah, you've got uh, Art Collectors, the second favorite, but Honor AP is the third. And so, I, Nick, I remember the first we were going, it's like, well, this one has better odds <laughs> and better value. I, I'm with you. I usually just bet on the favorite walk away, have a mint julep, and then see the rest of you make fools of yourselves. That's always my strategy. Nick, I know that you're a kind of a bullshit, but... Um, <laughs> Call me, okay, okay. Now that you hit a trifecta box, your very first derby, is that true? It was, I, yes. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah. I think my very first derby, I think I put like, like $5 in, had a trifecta box. Okay. So what? Was that was that come no, out no, to like no. fifteen bucks? Yeah, I think like, you're no. lying to me. I knew you lied to me. <laughs> of course not. I think my biggest win. I think I had a, it was like seven to one odds. 
And it was like, I think I did first, second, third, in any order. By like one wild card in there, really uh, sold it. Yeah, just to explain to the listeners, there's so many different bet combinations that you can make. So win, play, show, which is pretty straightforward. So first, second, third, you can predict an exact finish. You can do an exacta box where you pick, you know, which order specifically the horse is finishing. You can do trifectas, quadfectas. You can say, hey, I think these horses will all finish in the top four. You don't need, sometimes you don't need a specific order. So there are so many different bet combinations that you can make and permutations that you can make. Almost anything you can really put your mind to, you can wager on, which is certainly a blast. Nick, I'll tell you what too, whenever you are a winner and you go to you go to collect your earnings when you turn your bet slip in to see some of the people walk away with the money that they do. Oh my Lord. It's incredible. Oh, it's wild. I think it was like two years ago. I was handing my winnings, which is always great to get the little tick in hand, bring up to the counter, cash your winnings. But the guy next to me, he pulled out, it was like $18,000. So I was all jumping up and down, excited for him. He just shakes his head and goes, no, dude. <laughs> so I can't imagine what... <laughs> The damage he did. Well, it's like he can buy a car with that, number one. But then number two, maybe he was hedging his bet. So maybe the winnings he's getting back is just covering from his actual losses, which is always an interesting perspective. <laughs> Daniel, who I talked to earlier this week, his friend had a similar experience in the sense that he sees someone else walk away with thousands of dollars, but it was like, no, dude, I was hedging my bet. I actually <laughs> lost a, a lot more than I'm, than I'm earning right now. That's tough. I'm just happy when I, when I win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like you can, like a a few $2 bets here and there. I mean, that goes a long way, but yeah, I mean, I usually, like I said, I'm betting every race, but you kind of like you, you go there with the intention of mind, you're probably going to lose most of your money. (laughs) Um, It just added like enjoyment and added activity throughout the day. Um, But when you win, it's a great feeling. Well, Sam, that's kind of the strategy I like making is I like making one big bet and then a couple smaller bets throughout the other races. I usually bet big on the main event, the main race, and then I'll make a, a few other small bets with some of the other races throughout the day. Now, um, Durbin, I do have a question for you. Yes. And you know this was coming, so you probably had a little bit of time to think about it. <laughs> so if you were a horse, what kind of horse would you be? <laughs> Uh, Sam, Sam, that's Sam. That's an excellent question, Nick. What kind of horse would you be, dude? Yeah. <laughs> well, the easy answer is a Clydesdale. Not gonna be that clearly. I like I'm a little guy. I'm not the big, the big war horse. By any the St. Louis connection too. Hey, it is the Budweiser. Hmm. I'm trying to think of all the names. There's one I mentioned. It was the. It's one Turkish horse. It's just like nice golden Turkish horse. I'd butcher the name if I even attempted to say it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> and uh, what would you name your horse? Ooh. I don't know. That's tough. Name of the horse. See, it's always like a really Are bad Are you kidding? Dog. I got it. I got it. I got it for Durbin. Uh, golden Boy. Yeah. Ooh, golden Boy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Golden Boy. Nah, golden nah. Lightning. It would be a horse. A horse. A horse. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, friends of the show will only understand that joke. <laughs> Nick, where are you watching the Derby this year? 
So uh, me and my buddy Daniel, I think it was interviewed for this as well. He's uh, has this little like house out like 30, 40 minutes outside of civilization. And we just have a giant little watch party in the middle of the field. So All right. So the boonies for it. Social distancing and everything, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the 2020 Derby with Durbin and Daniel Secton, who was on Stuck in Misery earlier this week. He's the morning anchor at WHAS 11 in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I was hoping we'd be able to get both of you on at the same time, but certainly understandable with his morning schedule. He's been sawing logs for probably a few hours already, just given the fact that he has to get up really in the middle of the night for the rest of civilization. All right, guys, this was fun. For our guests, Nick Durbin and Sam Renshin, James West, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Go give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We will read the best reviews here on the show. We've done that in the past. We've had a lot of fun there. So please go give us a five-star review, and we'll be glad that you did. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Take care. We'll see you next time. So long, everyone.